With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you for the next couple of hours. And glad you're with us. Portions of the program brought to you by FullerDental.net. FullerDental.net. A couple of locations. If you're in the market for a new dentist or if you've moved from one side of town to the other and don't feel like making that commute, uh, Doc Fuller and the staff, both of the locations in eastern Polk County, East 29th Street in Des Moines and 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona, FullerDental.net. Lots to get to. We'll go back to the weekend. Iowa State, of course, winning a championship in Kansas City as they cut down the nets uh, in the Sprint Center after picking off Kansas. Wasn't Iowa wasn't as fortunate as they get blown out on Friday night, but both of them are tournament bound. We have brackets. We know who's coming to Des Moines, but we start with spring training baseball. Just kidding, Trent. Don't give me that look. (laughs) No, we're not. We're going to start where we need to start, and and that's local. As both teams make the tournament, uh, we both know the seeds. We We know their opponents. We know that the path that they're going to have to take to make it out of the first weekend, should both teams be so lucky, uh, all in all, Trent. I and by the way, the uh, the CBS selection show had really good numbers, highest rating in the last five years. So people are tuning in, and if the you know if if the bracket show is a bracket unveil is is an indicator, it's going to be another very popular event. And well, why wouldn't it be? Well, and thank goodness as it went back to CBS, yeah, they went back to the old format. Yep. No alphabetical order. Nope. And right off the bat, boom. Yes. Your number one seed mm-hmm. is Duke. And here's their bracket. And away we go. And as soon as Duke and the winner of the 16 matchup that they're facing, that yellow flash for a moment, and I thought, oh, here comes Iowa. Yeah, a lot of people did. They thought that they were going to be in the 8-9 game, and oh yep. boy. You're gonna get you're gonna get the Dukies if you win on Friday or Thursday. And we didn't know the days yet, or did we? Maybe I think we did, but regardless of that. But yeah, that was um, you know what you want to avoid Duke. Yes, yes. And uh, instead, it was VCU that popped up there opposite Central Florida. And then we find out a little bit later on that Iowa had fallen all the way to a ten seed, mm-hmm. a ten seed ahead of what were they? Well, they were the top ten seed, so they're still ahead of a handful of teams. But a loss, if they would have lost Friday night or Thursday night to Illinois. Uh, yeah, you know what? Hassel was making that argument, and he was getting it a lot. He had a, he had a busy, busy night fighting everybody on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. It was one of those? And it was pursuant to the uh, very similar to the discussion that you're kind of bringing up. What would have happened if they would have lost to Illinois? Would they be in the play-in game? Mm-hmm. Would they have dropped? You know what? What They would have had to drop what? Six spots to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard to say. I mean, they would have been on the edge. Yeah, you would have been on the edge. But they didn't lose to Illinois, so they didn't. Yep. Um, yeah, that that point goes out the window. Um, they lost to Michigan, Trent, and we'll get to that in a minute. I'm assuming. But, yes. You know, the the biggest takeaway was the games yesterday. As as fun as they are for us fans to watch, I'm assuming, and for the fans of the schools, if you're a Michigan State fan or you're an Auburn fan or you're a Cincinnati fan, or the games that were decided yesterday, Trent, they really didn't get. They were all, for the most part, meaningless. 
Right. I mean, Michigan State was going to be where they were seated. Cincinnati was a seven going into it. Uh, Auburn was a seven going into the uh, SEC championship game. And despite the fact that all three of those schools cut down the nets, it didn't do a damn thing as far as their seeding, apparently. So you know, everybody's biggest takeaway negative-wise was Michigan State. And I get it. I do. I get the fact that you know they're the Big Ten regular season and tournament champions. And they're a six seed. You know, they play in that conference. And sure, there was some, you know, there was a Northwestern or there was a struggling Penn State early or Rutgers early or Illinois. But it's still going through the Big Ten. Uh, I, I thought that they were probably the, the one school that you could um, you could understand the argument that they were underseeded. Yeah, absolutely. And in the past, the way the bracket was set up was it was an S-curve. So you go one through four. That's Calipari's big deal, right? He loves the S-curve. And then you come back the other way. Uh And that gives you a a true bracket, if you will. They have morphed back into geography being a bigger factor. Mm -hmm. Which is the reason, apparently, if you listen to the committee, the Michigan State got sense to where they are. Because it's 108 miles, I think it is, closer Uh to Washington, D.C. than it is Kansas City. Right. And apparently that's going to factor in. I mean, that plane ride, how, how, how much longer would that be on a plane? 15 minutes? If that. If that. In a car, it's, yeah, it's probably not even that. In a car, it's another an hour and a half. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it doesn't make a lot of sense, Trent. That was the one they got wrong. I don't think you can poke too many holes in it otherwise. I really don't. Um, so we've, we've got what we know. We, we've got the teams in downtown Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Harlan is going to be here. Reggie Miller yes. is going to be here. They're, that's a three-man crew, is it not? Uh, Dana Jacobson. Dana is, Jacobson. She's yes. the Valley grad. He's back home. Good for her. Good for her. Is it Valley her. or Dallin? I think Valley. Are you sure? No. I'm not positive on that one. No. No, it's kind of like getting high when I was state wrong in this case. It could be. It could be. I, I'm sure. I thought it was Valley. But now you got me thinking if I'm wrong. Regardless, she's going to be here. Meanwhile, Brian Anderson and Chris Weber have the Iowa uh, have the Iowa game. Is that what I saw? At Valley High School, uh, Wikipedia Valley, says. That's what I yes, thought. Yes. Um, Brian Anderson, Chris Weber on mm-hmm. the uh, on the call. Um, as far as the Hawks, they will be in Columbus. Not a bad. You know what? Both destinations. Iowa State goes south to to Tulsa. Yep. Iowa goes east to Columbus. Um, drivable. Uh, both, both cases. Both drivable. You can make it Columbus there. Columbus is what? From Des Moines? Nine, nine and a half? Right. And for most people in eastern Iowa, you know, from Iowa City, if you will, it's mm-hmm. even better. And same thing from, uh, from Ames or uh, for Des Moines. Straight down 35 down yep. at Tulsa. It's, I don't think you could set it up. Of course, everybody, as we had these conversations throughout the year, wanted to see the teams at Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Didn't come to fruition. But by the way, if you if you look at the overall seedings of this tournament, the the official seed list from mm-hmm. 1 to 68, Iowa State is 24. They are the last six. The first seven, number 25, is Louisville. Louisville downtown Des Moines. Yes. So perhaps they were one spot. You mean if they fall to the seven, mm-hmm. they're playing in Des Moines. If Iowa would not have played Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, Iowa could also have been here as the 10. We see the Gophers here, Minnesota as mm-hmm. the 10, mm-hmm. because a lot of people, a lot of confusion there. Wait, wait, wait. How could Minnesota 10 seed at Michigan State at two play in the round of 32? Another change over the last right. five, six years. And there's a lot of those, that, that, that yes. poten- a lot of potential this mm-hmm. year for that. The rematches that yep. can happen. Now, yep. if you play a team twice during the season, then the first time you can see a team, I believe, is the Elite Eight. But if you play them just once, it can happen earlier on in the bracket. And because of that, 
That's why you see Minnesota here. And you could have saw Iowa here. They mm-hmm. they very easily could have done that if they wanted. But that potential, and don't tell me that these people, when they're putting this bracket together, mm-hmm. that they're not having a little bit of fun. The Patino Patino. L- little Ricky yeah. with his dad right behind him against the team that fired him. Yeah, no, it's there's it's there's some intrigue, Trent. I think I would I mean not De- Iowa. I think Des Moines did did very well. Look, mm-hmm. we, we were never going to I don't think come close to what we had the first time around but it's this is pretty impossible. good it's impossible yeah uh th- this is pretty good we've got some blue bloods here you got a mission you got a michigan state uh you got florida they've won national championships louisville, louisville absolutely they won national well. championships they're going to travel well you got a decently local team in minnesota that just right down i-35 yep. no question about it the valley's representative mm-hmm. that you know that plays over in the state of iowa twice a year um once in des moines is going to be here in bradley so not all bad it really no. and truly is it and as you mentioned in your update the tournament starts in des moines so when this was Ken, you were here in this market doing this when Wells Fargo Arena was just an idea. Never thought it would happen, Trent. Argued with Dyer till I was blue in the face. And I, I've heard the argument many times before. Just imagine mm-hmm. you pan out on CBS and I go know. live to Des Moines, Iowa. And it's happening. I know. It's crazy. I never thought it would happen. Um, but Prairie Meadows wrote a big check or the county and, and realized that, you know what, let's uh, funnel some of that gambling money and we'll put it right towards the arena and find a spot down here on the river. And by God, they did. And we're all better for it. We really are. I mean, do we got good weather? I, I, you I, know I, what? I didn't even look. I, it's rain, I think. Mm. I think it's rain, but 50s, 60s. Yeah, no, no rain. Doesn't look like it. Like 10% chance is all. That's not bad. Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So the people will be coming in. Maybe some rain tomorrow yeah. as the teams are arriving. But 50s, go outside. They'll have that pavilion out there. It'll be good. Good. Not, it was cold three years back. I don't remember. Was it? Session two, I stopped by for a, a quick cocktail at Buzzard Billy's uh-huh. in between sessions. And as I was making way way back for the second session, the people were in line waiting to get in. It was cold that day. It was real cold. I heard plenty of Hoosier fans and, and uh, Kentucky fans that weren't real pleased about the weather as they're <laughs> standing out in the wind of the cold uh, before they were let in. That was so cool, too. I mean, so, just so what, what did Indiana fans expect? <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> what did they think? You're not getting shipped to Jacksonville. No. They, they, they've never seen cold weather in Indiana. Is that what they're saying? Who I don't knows? remember Who that. Knows? Anyways. Um, so we'll, we'll get into our final four. I mean, I, I've got my national champion all picked out. Um, it, it's, I, we've got a chance to see. Trent, as we talked about off air prior to the, to the show, and I mean, we probably say this every single year, right? This has a chance to be... I mean, just it's got a chance to be fantastic. Yes, it's the NCAA tournament. You can argue where this where this ranks as far as the top sporting events on the calendar year. It's in every conversation. If it's not number one for you, it's probably two or three. Uh, it's it's a spectacular, spectacular event. I love the fact that. You know, we've, we've got games essentially from 11.25 in the morning till you. You mean you're going to OD on hoops on Thursday and Friday. You just are. And then you're going to do repeat, rinse and repeat on Saturday and Sunday. It's great. It really is. Uh, let's uh, take a look at the, uh, at the, well, let's go back and let's, let's finish the weekend games pursuant to the two locals. Okay. And then we'll get to what, what they've got coming up. And we saw Iowa State's path. Uh, taking out a Baylor, taking out a Kansas State, and then having to face a, a Kansas team on Saturday. Neither team shot well in the championship game, um, but Iowa State. What I think they only trailed. Was it six to five? They trailed really early in the basketball, and then never trailed again. I don't think. No, I, I don't think they did. 
Every time there was even a mini run by Kansas, mm-hmm. there would be a response. And they'd show the little girl in the Kansas jersey. How many times did she get? Oh, she got a lot. So did Bill Jacobson got a lot of face time. <laughs> now, for him, or maybe he didn't want to be on camera, but he just happened to be seated right in front of Nazmi Trulong. Yes, yeah. And the cameras found me Trulong. And I, I'm guessing that if Cyclone fans didn't know uh, Michael Jacobson's father, they... T- they, you know, boy, that who does he look like? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's pretty I, easy it's a one to split connect to that. Yeah, it really and truly is. Uh, but yeah, like Cyclone Nation once again took over the Power and Light District. They took over the Sprint Center. I would love to know an accurate count: sixty, forty, fifty. I mean, we're talking about the Kansas Jayhawks playing in Kansas City, yet the opposing team forty minutes away from their campus. Forty minutes away from their campus, and we know because Frischilla put it on. Uh, they, they put it made a graphic. What two hundred and ten miles or whatever it was from Ames to Kansas City. Trend it was at least fifty fifty, and that's remarkable. And I'm here to say that there might have been more Cyclone fans in the building. It sure, certainly looked like it. I saw a couple of Big Twelve people that weren't on either side that said it was close, but they thought Iowa State had more fans. And certainly louder fans. Mm-hmm. There, there well, was no more question. to share about. <laughs> well, that, that's also a part of it, too. But even before the game, that was something that I saw mentioned. In fact, it might have been Matt Postens, our buddy from Hartley okay, College yep. Sports. Who was there all weekend. Yep. Yep. I think he said 55-45 was kind of his okay. estimate in Iowa State. But even before the game, Iowa State fans were much, mm. much Well, louder. the pep rally was, you know, yeah. we're getting used to seeing that, right? It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's it, amazing. It is. In, in college athletics, for something like that, something that's not played in your home state. It's mm-hmm. not played less than an hour drive. Well, look I mean, at the Alamo Dome on the yes. 27th or 28th, whatever it was of December. Memphis. They, Memphis. they went down to Memphis a couple yes. years ago, played in somebody's own stadium it for a bowl 50, game. 50. It was 50-50. It was 50-50. I was there. It was 50-50 for sure. It was unbelievable. That fan base, what Jamie Pollard has done to build them up. Give him all the credit in the world, Trent. He united that fan base. And has since day one, when he put up the billboards and took a lot of heat for it. Yes, he did. A lot of heat for it. But he said, you know what he said? He said, you know what, I State fans, it's okay for you to be Iowa State fans. It's okay for you to tell everybody that will listen that you're a Cyclone fan. And that wasn't the case. Mm-mm. When I started on the air here 23 years ago, I don't know what the percentage was, Iowa to Iowa State, yeah. but it was significantly higher. than, And maybe it wasn't, but maybe Iowa State. They were all closet cyclo They fans. were, certainly didn't have anything to cheer about in football. Nope. I mean, let's be honest, basketball wasn't awful, but far from it. But, um, boy, he has narrowed that gap. And look, I'm not talking about statewide. You and I work in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. That's the feel we get here in central Iowa. Yes, it is completely different. I mean, growing up, I've told you this before, Big 8. Oh, cool. They get to play Kansas. But mm-hmm. Iowa State, even though Ames is closer to Osage, it was an afterthought because of what Iowa had syndication-wise in television. Yep. And then going back a generation from that, mm-hmm. what they had with the blowtorch right well, behind me. I was just going to say, look, look two doors down from you. That yes. had a major, major impact here. That's what built the fan base. That's what built yeah. the fan base of generations a couple past me and then my generation of we couldn't get Iowa State games on well, TV. And, and Rose Bowls in the 80s, I'm guessing, had yes. to play a significant role in that for sure. And you couple that with the success and the sustainability yeah. and everything that went there. It was just a completely different mm-hmm. level. To build, to close that gap statewide and here in central Iowa, maybe take over that gap. But I think you can make that argument pretty compellingly. It's an incredible job and a job that, frankly, I didn't think it was possible. No, no, and the guy gets all the credit. He deserves all of the credit. Yeah. He truly does. And look, I'm not as big a fan, and likewise, 
Um, I don't know where, I do know where we got sideways, but I'll save that for my last day that I work because that would make so many people more happy that their athletic director, or even happier that that was his stance. <laughs> kind of a funny story. It really is. I've, I've, I can't wait for what? Six years, seven yeah, years. I think it's six. I get to retire when I'm sixty-six and seven months. Those those of you who think when you turn sixty-five you can retire, maybe you could, but your parents could. It's changed yeah. as far as when you get your social security. What is it? Social security? Do you have like a countdown clock? Like no. you know, teams have for the rival. You have a countdown no. clock too? No, 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 no. Uh-uh, not yet anyway. Not yet, okay. but, but you know what? That's probably something that'll happen. But let's get back to what we saw. And look, at both teams struggled to shoot. Michael Jacobson, I'm so glad he made the tur- all-tournament team. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I like the kid. Uh, full disclosure, I'm going to say this a lot. You know, I, I like his parents and I like his story. And I've been trying to tell anybody to listen. The leader of this team is Michael Jacobson. And it goes back to the Cyhawk series when he injected himself in that rivalry in a big, big way. I like a kid, regardless, maybe this is my hockey background, who's walking off the bus first, right? Who's the guy that people are looking at when, you're, when the teams are warming up? Who's everybody watching? For different reasons. Mm-hmm. But you want a guy that's got a little bit of, you know, the other team knows who that is. And Jacobson's that guy. Look, Shaq's a better player. Wigington's a better player. Horton Tucker's a better player. Halliburton's a better player. Jacobson's a leader on that basketball team. You need that. You need yes. the blue guy. You need the physicalness that he brings. Adam Woodbury wasn't the best player on that nope. Hawkeye team, nope. but he was their guy. And Iowa State regained the swagger. Yep. It was back in a big way, and he started to see that. Now, they were making shots against Baylor, but the ball wasn't sticking offensively. Defensively, you could see the help was there. Mm-hmm. And even in the championship game, did you notice the little dust up between Horton Tucker and Wigington? I think it was. Uh, they, they were just they, there was a little barking back. And I, forth yes, at yes, each other. it was at the offensive end of the floor. I yep. know what you're talking about. Yep, I do remember that. But now. they were in control of the game. Yep. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- people. It was off a turnover, yeah. and Wigington thought that Horton Tucker should have been somewhere else. Yes. Yep. And they're talking yep. and barking. And mm-hmm. That happens. That doesn't. Don't read into that too much. I saw plenty of it on Twitter and on message boards. Oh boy, here we go again. No, Mm-mm-mm-mm. no, you can you can argue on a basketball floor and still be fine. That happens all the time. You think Michael Jordan everything was kumbaya <laughs> with him when he was out there? I can't wait for that piece because if you do, your your opinion is going to be changed very quickly yes. afterwards. It's unbelievable. It, it was in the end. I, I think you see this basketball team being the basketball team we anticipated seeing. Throughout the whole 2019. The basketball team that national pundits thought had the highest ceiling in the Big 12. One of them, Rob Doster. A lot of people, yeah. A lot is, of, he, is he going to be back, back on? Back on the bandwagon, you think? Yeah, I do. I yeah, do, after yeah. they cut down the nets in Kansas City. Look, I don't know how the big good the Big 12 is overall. It's clearly not what it was. I think it's been better in previous years. I'm not taking anything away from Iowa State. No. Give West Virginia credit for knocking out Texas Tech. That was, that was huge. I mean, once that happened... I thought they would beat Kansas. I certainly thought that they would beat K-State, but, but the path opened up for Kansas to get to where they did. Um, good for the clones. Conversely, Iowa, Trent, they got by Illinois, as we know, ran up against a buzzsaw in Michigan. Uh, Jordan Bohannon was held off the scoreboard. Uh, I don't think Nick Bear scored. Nicholas Bear, did he score? I don't think he did. I don't think he scored. A goose egg on... after having 17 against yeah. Illinois. I'm pretty sure he was he was blanked. Yes, zero um, points, five rebounds. Right there, you go. Creener was not greener. Garza was okay. Cook was okay, but there wasn't a lot of. There was never a point in that basketball game that you thought, you know what, they're going to get to the semifinal. Mm-hmm. Never felt like that once. Uh, in fact, I felt like you know what, Frank, get these kids off the floor and get them some extra rest because it's not going your way. This isn't your night. 
the game plan, as we talked about, was the same game plan they had February 1st when Michigan came mm-hmm. to town. Get it inside. Yep. Try to get Teske in foul trouble. Yep. They don't have a lot of depth inside. That's the way they go. And they were able to. Mm-hmm. But when you do that and then they start collapsing and the double team comes on the bigs, got to hit shots. Yep. Couldn't hit shots. They had plenty of open shots there during the first 12, 14 minutes of the game. And they started, what, 0 for 12? It was bad, Trent. And I, well, they finally made, what, 1-3, right? Yeah. In, in The Hobbs kid hit yeah. a <laughs> Yeah, in the um, final couple of minutes right. of the basketball game. That was it. That's all you can do. And, yeah. of course, you're not beating a team like Michigan shooting that way. Some of the bad tendencies, though, came out again. Now, they were toe-to-toe for the, with them, right, you know, from the get. But when it went south, it went south very quickly. And it's the same thing we've seen with this team time in and time out. When it's gone ba- bad, it's difficult for them to reel themselves back in. It's a concern. And now it's Cincinnati next. Yeah, then they got a, they've got a Teske-like player, although I don't think Brooks is as good. I, I got to admit, I saw Cincinnati. I actually saw him yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, maybe twice during the season. I didn't watch a lot of uh, Cincinnati basketball. Cumberland is a star. He's their best player, and it's not even close. He can score in bunches. Yes, he can. And he's a big guard, 6'5 guard. Defensively, they're really good on the offensive glass. Look, um, it, it's it's not an impossible task for either one of our NCAA t- tournament-bound teams to get to the second, at least to the second game of the first weekend. I mean, Ohio State and I, Iowa State should beat Ohio State convincingly. I, I don't think, think Ohio State's very good. I don't think they, they got they got one good. Wesson, Arns, what did Arns go for? 20, 27. 27 against Iowa. He hadn't scored double digits. Before. No, I think he was averaging like three points. Yeah. Jackson's okay, but they're they're not great by any means. They don't have guards that can match up with Iowa State. No, without a doubt. And the only thing is that Caleb Wesson can go off. He's really good. But you can get him in foul trouble, too. It. And that's it. They're just, uh-huh. this isn't a very his, good his, The other Wessons on the team because of Caleb Wesson. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a little harsh. That might be a kid. little harsh. But yeah, that's probably true. He is a uh, starter for him. He is, yeah, that's fair. I talk a little that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're not. Uh, Dylan Montz is in studio. He's going to join us. So we, uh, Dylan was in Kansas City. We'll come. Uh, we'll do that after the break. We've got a new contest coming up all week long, courtesy of our friends at Heartland Flags. Uh, we'll tell you about that. In fact, we'll do. We'll talk to you about that right before we get to Dylan. As all week long, we're going to give you an opportunity at the Miller and Condon Twitter feed. We're going to give you a team. You need to post a picture of yourself with. You know, a jersey, or if you're in your cubicle and you have, you know, something that's associated with that team, something to prove to us that you're a fan of an obscure team. Because this is the beauty of, well, one of the many beauties of Heartland Flags is any flag, any team, any sport, they've got you covered. Plenty of Hawkeye and Cyclone. Yeah, plenty of, so we're not going to do that. We're doing the random. Although I have a pretty good idea that the first round opponents will be at least some point this week. Yes. Part of this, right? And then Trent and I are really going to put your feet to the fire because I've got one. Trent, I'm sure you've got an obscure team. That, yeah, yeah. Um, now give, give me a, and this, this isn't for the contest, but the, you know, give me, give me a picture of yourself wearing Sacramento Kings gear 
or something like that, right? right? Anaheim Mighty Ducks. We're, we're going to go there random. because we're going to see. see... More, there's more Ducks fans because of the movie than oh, absolutely. That, yeah, uh, that, that you no would doubt. think. So we'll do that. We'll tell you about more about that contest on the other side. Dylan Montz is in studio. He was in Kansas City. He was in the Sprint Center. We will recap that. We'll t- get his thoughts on the bracket as well. Uh, Scott Dockerman slides in here at 11.15. We'll do Iowa. Doc's got a good piece, although it's football-related at the Athletic. Uh, Smith-Marset and uh, what he potentially means to this football team going forward. Uh, so Scott Dockerman will talk a little basketball, Iowa basketball, Big Ten basketball with Doc at 11.15. Rob Doster, one of our national guys in his regular spot. He's NBCSports.com. Do you know where Doster's going? I would guess somewhere close to home. What is it? Bridge, Connecticut? Or Hartford. Hartford. That's what I would. Probably so. He'd be uh, probably in Hartford. Do you have your championship team yet? Do you have who? Oh, do you, cutting down the nets. Do you hey, have you figured that out? No, I still got too much work to do. I, I, I've handled that part. <laughs> it's the bracket itself. Do you work backwards? In this case, I did. You did. Yes. Do you do that in every bracket? No, no. Well, but it doesn't help. So I thought I'd try something different this year. You know the story I would like to see, but I just can't. I just can't make myself pick them. We'll never. If Virginia was to was to win the national championship, we will never see. Is it fair to say? Is that too much? We will never see a team get knocked out by a sixteen and come back the following year and cut down the nets. You don't think Virginia can win it? No, I think they can. That's a story oh. I would love to see oh, because gotcha. we will never see that story in our lifetime. Do you think? Uh, no, not necessarily. Oh, By man. a 16, yeah, probably not. Lose to a 16 and come back the next year and right. win it all? It seems highly. I'm like, it's it, highly, but we've got a chance this year for the first time ever. And is the 16 over and one a once in every 35 years that's like it just, was? That's just it, Trent. And then you couple it with then coming back the next year, not getting to a Final Four. Right. Winning the whole thing. Winning the whole thing. That's a story we will never see in our lifetime. Proud, yeah. I buy it. I'm buying what you're selling. But I couldn't make myself pick Virginia, and I wanted to for the longest time. But the hand... I just can't go there. Did you do it online, or did you do it with the old pen and paper? Uh, the pen and paper. Yes. But I th- our, our contest is out at KXNO.com. we got to talk more about that. Yes, we do. we're going to participate in that. Um, chance to win a million bucks for a perfect bracket and play against the uh, on-air personalities here. But Dylan Montz is here. We will talk Iowa State next with Dylan. We'll tell you about Heartland Flags, when you're going to have an opportunity uh, to tweet your picture of yourself wearing said team's gear. Miller and Condon here till noon. Glad you're with us. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Iowa.org. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Scott Dockerman will be here from The Athletic. Rob Doster, NBC Sports, college basketball talk, 1135. Dylan Monson, studio momentarily. So, Trent, let's talk about Heartland Flags, heartlandflags.com. Yes. All week long, we are doing this giveaway. Mm-hmm. Heartland Flags is more than just, you know, the local teams, any sport, any team. And if they don't have it, they'll get it. It's hard to stump Heartland Flags. We're going to try this week. Well, we certainly won't today. We I wouldn't may think tomorrow. So. Yes. I'm convinced we will on Wednesday. 
Well, and I'm thinking later in the week, maybe we'll try to get maybe somebody that's in an Uber on the way to the arena, one of the teams that are here. Sure. See if we can get some kind of connection there. We can do that. Do something Short like contest. that. So, so when are we going to give this away? When are we going to ask for this at Miller and Condon? Mm-hmm. The Twitter feed after Dylan. After we finish up with Dylan, so okay. keep it right here. Uh, find out who this random team is, and if you can prove you're a fan of this team, you can get a flag. Heart and flagpoles and flags. So, just a picture of something in your cubicle, or yeah. you wearing a hat, or wearing you a shirt. wearing a sweatshirt. And if you're or... not happening to wear a shirt of that team that day, but you have an old picture. That'll tweet, work. And it's the first it. person to at the Miller and Condon Twitter feed is going to win this. And if you try to take some stock photo from Google, <laughs> yeah, I will I find out too. And you're going to be knocked out of this contest. No cheating. Right. No cheating. And and you're going to be ridiculed on these areas. Absolutely. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, is with us. He's back from Kansas City. Dylan, great to see you. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Good to see you guys. Uh, well, let's um, let's before the game. Give us an idea. Before the game, the building's filling up and... Um, you know, Trent and I were speculating a little bit. Was there 50-50 Iowa State, Kansas fans? Kind of give us a feel for the building from your perspective being in it. Yeah, it's always interesting to be there on Saturday, especially if it's Iowa State and Kansas, because they've been so even over the years in term, in the last five years in terms of fan support inside the building. But I think this year is probably the first time in the five years that I've been down there going to those types of games where Iowa State did have a lean in the crowd. And it was kind of interesting because... Um, I think them playing the first games each day allowed them to kind of snatch up tickets for the teams they would mm-hmm. beat, whether it was them beating Baylor, kind of snatch up whatever tickets yep. were there, them beating Kansas State, you could kind of maybe get some of those. And Kansas is always kind of left behind a little bit in terms of more fans kind of jumping on board. But I think also part of it is Kansas uh, you know, just could not get any sort of sustained run going. So they would get five, six-point strings together. The building would get a little bit loud with the blue in there, but Iowa State would able to, was able to find ways to answer most mm-hmm. every time, and so things could never just kind of um, let loose, and I think that was part of it, too. Iowa State fans were loud you know, pretty much all night, and Kansas could never just kind of get over the hump and, and really make a push. How about George Condit's minutes? He only played 12 of them, but really 12, especially the first half, when Jacobson's on the bench with foul trouble, Lard comes in, picks up a couple of quick ones, and Condit's forced into the game late in the first half, and I, I thought he played, I, I thought he was terrific. And, and he wasn't a guy that played much in the Big 12 right. tournament going in, so to, to come in there and have those kinds of minutes, uh, you know, when he had been kind of on the bench uh, since the West Virginia game, Texas Tech, um, you know, to come in and, and give him that type of energy uh, was huge. And Steve Prohm said after the game, it, when you get to tournament time, if you get into some sort of troubles with guys getting fouls, you need that kind of uh, lift from your mm-hmm. bench. And Kondo was certainly able to give that. And that's kind of what he's done all year is come in, give him good energy, even if it's not perfect, if it's a little sloppy at times, if you can come in and be a guy that, um, draws attention away from other things so you can leave guys open for shots, um, get good looks, um, That that's huge. Alex and you Alex. have done oh. <laughs> podcasts together. Sorry, Trent. When you guys traveled together, did you guys get to hang out in Kansas City? And when you're on the road, this is what I really want to know. I know Birchie. I've had a beer with him before. Randy only will drink Bud Light. Won't drink anything else, regardless of the bush light you guys have around. Who is the most fun on the beat to of travel? The media? 
Well, uh, I'll probably have to say my boss, Travis Hines. Oh. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll get in some trouble. But All no, right. it, it's a pretty in- interesting contingent of, of guys that, that go down there. And it, it was different for me this year just because I, I parachuted in on Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, so I wasn't with them all week, and I did the, the down and back drive. But You were um, probably more well-rested than those other guys, I'm going to guess. Ab- absolutely. It sounded like maybe a couple <laughs> long nights yeah, for them yeah. down there. I, I, I don't know exactly what establishments they hit. I know they, there's a couple favorites um, down and around um, the downtown area. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a fun group, and um, you know I'm sure Tulsa will, will have to get ready for them as well. Stock up on, on bush lights, no doubt. Absolutely. Otherwise, Randy's going to be uh, pretty mad. <laughs> so, speaking of, of Tulsa, and we talked about the fans early on, any idea how many people it's drivable? It's an easy drive. We're talking four or 5,000. Is, is that too are they much? the late game, the last they game are Friday night? Friday night. Eesh. I think there might be one other after. Is there one that yeah. tips after? Yeah, yeah it's usually a nine ten. I yep. think something like that. I knew they were going to be one of the last games. I wasn't sure if they were the last, but uh, th- that's that was the beauty of of going to Tulsa over San Jose or Hartford or yeah. Jacksonville. Um, those are obviously flights, and it, it looked like uh, especially Jacksonville and Hartford were going to be getting pretty expensive. So. The fact that Tulsa, um, it's even a little bit closer than Stillwater, Norman, Oklahoma City. Um, so you're really just talking a couple hours past Kansas City. It, it, ju- it does provide a, a nice avenue for people to go travel. Uh, probably the four or 5,000 range, it sounds right. Um, uh, you know, it, maybe it, it'll bump up one way or the other. Depending on if people can get work off, I, I, who knows with with schedules. But uh, yeah, I, I think outside of Des Moines, it was um, the the perfect place to go start the tournament, especially being in the Midwest region. Then if you do advance, Ooh. you can kind of come back up I thirty five and um, and go to their southern home. In, indeed. Uh, anything on Shayok's toe? We we when we spoke earlier in the week, Dylan, and it was a, it was a valid concern. You know, the three days is he going to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Should they get that far? When's this pain threshold going to be too much? for him to continue. Well, it, apparently it didn't. He played 38 minutes on Saturday. That's a non-factor by all accounts. Yeah, it, it was interesting because watching him on the court, it didn't look like it was bothering him at all. At the end of the Texas Tech game, he was kind of limping a little bit, but um, throughout the whole tournament, watching him on the court, he looked good. And then it, afterward, um, after he was going through the handshake line and and talking to Nazmitru Long and uh, going up to see the fans, he was walking back toward the locker room. He was limping a little bit. Was so I he? think once the game actually stops, you start to feel it a little mm-hmm. bit. And he was in a boot yesterday for the selection show, but it sounds more... Oh, he was. Yeah, and it does sound more precautionary at this point. I don't think it's a thing that, um, you know, it's not going to get better until the season's over. Mm-hmm. But it does sound more like a pain management thing at this point where um, he's not going to be... Uh, limited in minutes or anything. I think once you get out and get loose on the court, things are going to be fine. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's something that he still feels and deals with. But um, more so, it's about how you take care of it and manage it when you get done with ga- with the games. Any look at all at the Buckeyes? We were talking a little bit about Caleb Wesson, good player. Seems like a really good matchup, at least from my perspective, for Iowa State, seeing Ohio State in the first round. Yeah, I think um, I, I got to watch Ohio State a couple times when they played Iowa. Um, that was really my extent of, of seeing them. But I think, uh, you know, if if you were going to have uh, one of those high major games in that, because 6-11 is a little bit tricky because you still do get those kinds of Big mm-hmm. Ten, you know, lower Pac-12 types of teams. But um, if stylistically, I think it is is good for them because they can exploit them with guards a little bit and, They'll have to be physical and they'll have to defend well around the paint, which they they started to do a little bit more, especially against Baylor um, in the Big 12 tournament. So if they can 
continue to kind of shoot well or, or get Shayak going if Lindell Wigginton can kind of um, create mismatches and use his athleticism to kind of open things up. Um, and Tyrese Halliburton obviously shot, made a couple really huge shots, especially against Kansas. Um, you so know, things, did Jacobson. Things, so How about Michael so did Jacobson's threes? Yeah, it, the celebration uh, for Michael Jacobson was the thing that caught me uh, Did off you get most. that picture to Travis? Somebody from Ames Tribune, I think it was Travis. Yeah, it was one of our photographers that was helping us out down there, and Travis tweeted it. But um, yeah, I, I saw a couple down there of, of kind of mid-celebration and it was not anything I've ever seen before but um, memorable nonetheless but yeah if they can get guys that stretch the floor a little bit then it does put pressure on Ohio State. Uh, Wigginton's they're, they're, they don't have an answer for Lindell Wigginton athletically. Caleb Weston's a beast he's a beast his brother's okay Jackson's um, kind of like Nah, he's better than that. He's all right, but Iowa State's roster is better than Ohio State's. I've seen the best game I think I saw Ohio State play was the Wisconsin game where they came, they roared back. That was the that was the same day as Nebraska came back to beat the Hawks. Mm-hmm. So last weekend of the regular season, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and Ohio State had just a miraculous comeback to to tie Wisconsin, then lost in overtime. That was as good a game as they played. And Caleb Weston didn't play in that game, um, but they've got some guys. But Arns lit up Iowa. We scored twenty seven, twenty nine, whatever it was when they played uh, when Ohio State beat them in Columbus uh, two or three weeks ago. Iowa State's a better team. Yeah, uh, on paper, Iowa State's better. They're obviously playing better with the recency of the Big 12 tournament. Ohio State's kind of um, limped in. They got that one last win in the Big 10 tournament to to kind of secure their bid. But the thing that's always scary about those games is Ohio State is tested. They've beat teams. That's true. Um, they play in the Big 10, mm-hmm. so they're, they've seen at least the kind of caliber of guys that Iowa State has in, in some of the maybe middle-tier to upper-tier Big 10 teams. But um, on paper, Iowa State has, it feels like, too many too many questions for Ohio State to go and answer. So uh, it is kind of a matter of um, kind of continuing whatever juice they regained in Kansas City, playing well offensively, um, being at least average defensively, and, and you can kind of take care of business that way. And Shayok never made a three. I mean, he was really good at when it counted against K-State, K-State right? Yeah. But then he came back. And then, look, it was, both teams really struggled to shoot the basketball on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The back-to-back-to-back games, I thought, really took their toll shooting-wise. Sorry, Trent, I interrupted you. Oh, no, pro- no problem at all. Then looking forward past the Buckeyes, people are already trying to figure out Houston. Ken, we mentioned Houston a couple of times throughout this mm-hmm. year. Though we both needed to watch them. And when I have, I haven't been real impressed. I'm with you, Trent. Cincinnati took it to them yesterday morning. They did. Took it to them. You go back to when game day was in Houston. Yeah, they got crushed. And they laid an egg. Yep. Central Florida, right? They're 31-3. and three. It's good. <laughs> Regardless of level of opponent, that's yeah. incredibly good. You got to go out and win the games. That's yeah. what it comes down to. So I think, yeah, they're they're kind of a scary matchup because they're they know how to go out and win, and and there's something to be said for that. But I, I and I watched them for a little bit yesterday against Cincinnati, but yeah, they're. There are certainly weaknesses in their game that Iowa State can go and exploit, mm-hmm. and I think it, it does kind of come down to to the offense if Iowa State shoots well. But um, yeah, if if Iowa State can even be a modicum of what they were defensively, um, you know, against Baylor, Kansas State at times, then um, that that kind of puts them maybe in another category in terms of what their potential is. Glad you brought up defensively. I thought they were better defensively in Kansas State than we've seen them in a while. It, that's and that's what they needed. Steve Promis talked about it uh, over and over again. It's it's like a broken record at this point but it's true they they know what they are offensively Mm -hmm. so what kind of energy and attention to detail can they have defensively and 
Cameron Lard was, um, you know, he struggled big time in, in the Kansas State game, but came back against Kansas, gave good energy, even though yep. he got those couple fouls. Didn't but, play a ton of minutes, but you're right. Michael Jacobson, obviously, um, his rebounding was unbelievable. Just the toughness that he, he had to have to go down there. He, I, I don't know how many one-handed rebounds he hauled in, mm-hmm. but it, it was several. And then George Condit. They can come in and and be physical and um, at least hold their own and give the guards some space to operate and and take the pressure off them. Um, then it does kind of um, you know move the needle on on what they could be. The best athlete on the floor is Lindell Wigington against Ohio State. He, yeah, he just is. And late and, in the game, him getting the ball and getting those kind of one on one situations. I heard somebody asked him the question after the game. Seemed like maybe that was the confidence boost that maybe he needs here going to the tournament. You you could feel some relief come off him a, a little bit the way he was talking. He he talked you know kind of all week about how he was coming back to win. That's that's why he wanted to come back is come back and win. And there did seem to be some sort of relief and finally some sort of understanding of of what his role is. He knows uh, at this point he's going to come off the bench, but he can come in and and create offense. And you know he doesn't have to put all this pressure on himself to go get buckets. He can play within the flow of the offense. Guys will find him. And that's kind of what happened, uh, you know, especially after the Baylor game when Taylor Horton Tucker was so good, struggled the next day against Kansas State, and then it opened things up for Lindell Wigginson. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the the concept of team, I think, that was missing um, through that two and six stretch to end the year is is that guys were just trying to go get it for themselves a little bit. But if you can kind of play within the flow and rhythm of the offense, um, then it, it just has to it makes teams have to pay attention to so much more and makes it tough. Uh, last thing for you, any uh, news football-wise? I know that practices, they've started. Uh, you guys don't have, you guys mean the media doesn't have an opportunity to get with them, but have you heard anything? Yeah, so they, their official kickoff date was March 12th, but it didn't look like they got out there in pads until March 14th, and they're on spring break this week, so it was more of kind of a reintegration of the guys kind of getting everybody back together, and then it will start kind of full force, I think, mm-hmm. um, next week. So, and then we get them on Tuesday for the first time for Pro Day stuff. A week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. So it'll be the first time we get to kind of go back and you know talk to Matt Campbell. I think he's the only... I can't remember if we get players or not, but Matt Campbell, um, the pro day guys, and, and that'll be the kind of the first time we, we jump full feet in, full, both feet in, into spring football. Good stuff. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Continue to read Dylan. Travis Hines will be on the road with the team. Uh, when will they leave? Probably, so they're a Friday game. I would anticipate press conferences for the Friday teams Thursday, right, Trent? I think that's the way it is. I I'm don't trying think, to remember. I think it's the day before. Day before, before yeah. Day yeah. before. So um, the Iowa State media will be either headed to the airport or headed to the onto the road Wednesday, I would assume, right? Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of the, the timeline people are thinking of. If, if people um, can kind of get there the day before, get settled, and then jump into practices on Thursday, um, yeah, it's, it sounds like that's kind of what everybody's thinking right now. Good stuff. Dylan Montz, AmesTrib.com. Dylan, thank you for coming in. Appreciate when we have an opportunity to see you face-to-face. Uh, th- uh, next Tuesday, going to be interesting. Pro Day. We'll obviously talk to you before that, but uh, look forward to talking to you after that as well. Uh, Scott Dockerman in 25 minutes. Rob Doster in about 50 minutes. Trent and I continue. So let's do this Hartland Flags thing. Is that what you want to do, Mr. Condon? Yeah, right when we come back, we will... Uh, well, should we say the team right now? Go ahead. The Ohio State Buckeyes. If you're a fan Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the Ohio State University, prove it. Tweet at Miller and Condon, at Miller and Condon, and also tag Heartland Flags in there. Yep. And show a picture. Got you wearing a t-shirt. 
Baseball cap. Maybe you got a flag draped over you. Maybe. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. First person to tweet in. And Picture we of you it. in the horseshoe. Yes. Anything like that, right? Maybe in your cubicle and you got a little bobblehead of Brutus. Okay. That would be... Unbelievable if that's actually what you have. I would love that one. Or you just tweet us your picture of a tattoo. Yes, yes. <laughs> Again, something that we can verify, show that it's actually you, not something you just dug up. But tweet it at us if you're a Buckeye fan right now, presented by Heartland Flag Pulls and Flags, our random fan of the day. Today is Ohio State. So I do, if, if I was to go out on a limb here, would I think that maybe tomorrow might be... Mm. Mm-hmm. Connect the dots. I think I just did. Yeah. I'm Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.com. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Another hour to go. Scott Darkerman from The Athletic will take a look at Iowa. Uh, we'll go back to Chicago, right, recap the uh, the Big Ten tournament with Doc. Look ahead uh, to Iowa's first-round opponent as they get Cincinnati in Columbus. How far is Cincinnati in Columbus? 100 miles? I think that's what it was. Yeah, about an hour and a half, maybe a touch more to get there. And this is going to be played at Value City Arena. Right. Where the Buckeyes play. It's this. going to be played at the, is it Nationwide? It's it's where the That's, Blue Jackets play. It's right. the hockey arena. Which I think it's nationwide. Is it nationwide? Well, nationwide is big there. My friends here in town that worked nationwide, one of them has to go to Columbus once a month to uh, really to. Well, my stepson who worked for nationwide was part of the cuts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Those naming rights probably would have helped. Bastards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. That, I'm sure they're good people. Good people out there in Columbus. Well. Columbus, a lot of Columbus connections today. I think it's um, I think it's Nationwide Arena, Trent. I believe it is. Big building? Yeah, 20-something thousand, wow. I think. That's nuts. I mean, they have... They two... love their hockey in Columbus, Ohio. They the, actually do. The one thing about Columbus that before I went there, I never realized. I just thought it was another college town like Huge. the rest of it. That's a city. That's a big that, city. That is a city. That I is... think there's more than a million people there. Oh, yeah. I, I think no there doubt. is. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, big city. All right. Here's what I want to do with you, TC. Okay. I know you haven't got to that point yet where you're ready to unveil your bracket. We're in a contest against each other. Yes. So I don't want you to, you know, I'm going to hold my cards close to my vest. Uh-huh. But do you have a seed outside the top two? You can't give me a one or a two that's going to play your best chance for anything worse, lower than the two to get to the final four. All right. We'll do that. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 